0: What's up, world? It's your boy, the Beater Brother. I'm back with another episode of season three of the Beater Tastings, and I got a special one for you guys. It's one of my favorite DJs in the city. It is DJ Afro Sheen. I'm not going to talk too much more. I'm going let her do the talking for it because that's what we do here on the Bearded Tastes podcast so take it away.
1: Thank you so much uh, my name is DJ Afrosheen um, Aaliyah and born and raised in Antioch, Tennessee and I've been DJing around Nashville for the last year and a half now Okay,
0: okay. okay so going from dancing with your feet to dancing your fingers across vinyl kind of how did Dancing for you help with your DJ.
1: That's such a good question. Um, so I started dancing when I was three. Classically trained, um, ballet, tap, jazz, modern—all the things. Um, and I grew up with a mom that danced too. She used to have her own dance studio before um, she started working in the music industry. So I mean, when she was pregnant with me, she was flipping and all the things so <laughs> Seriously. So I think having both the dance and musical background—I mean, you know. Dance is just an extension, I think, of music. And so I think incorporating all of the, the movement, production, with growing up in dance too, you know, dance shows, I think all of that has been really integral. And um, I think my craft, how I mix, you know, listening to, you know, the, the small interpolations, the, the small little things throughout the, the music. I think it, it, it helps, yeah, it keeps me connected, I think, on the finer details, exactly that. Oh
0: yeah, for sure, and um, you talked about, um, one, having DJ for only a year and a half. Um, what kind of just, was there any kind of holdup for you getting yeah. into the DJ space? Because I know for me, in craft beer, I probably should be closer to six years yeah. instead of really two years just because of external conversations and just inner turmoil from those conversations. Like, Beer, like, that's right. what white people do, but like, why, there's that. no money in that, yeah. and now it's, like, turn around, like, I've actually found more success doing this yeah. versus trying to do what everybody else is, so, like, is that, kind of, was that the kind of same story for you?
1: Yeah, so, um, I started playing alto saxophone at eight years old, so I was an instrumentalist, and I even went to performing arts high school, so I was always in music, and I think, as I got older, I was more attracted to like production, beat making, as opposed to just doing, you know, instruments. And that's where I met a lot of challenges, and I think like anxiety and um, just like self doubt because of like those same things. You know, there was not a lot of women and femmes within these spaces that I was in. You know, it's always a male dominated industry. You know, both the music industry overall and then you have like DJing. You mostly do see male DJs or, you know, you see mostly male producers. And so I I really wanted to be a producer for a while. I thought, you know, with my background and, you know, growing up with a lot of old school soul and funk, you know, I was like, oh, like I pick out samples. I know samples, you know, my my dad always put me on game, you know, from the nineties samples, you know, with old school hip hop, him being from New York. So You know, I thought I had the knowledge and the skill set, but I didn't have the confidence. And um, finally, I think I got tired of watching everybody else progress. And I was like, okay, like I got to do something, you know, something differently. And so I had been um, when I moved back to Nashville um, from school, I went to East Tennessee State for a few years um, and just didn't really work out. I've always been more of an artist. And I think I was on a path that wasn't really aligned for me and I was doing what other people wanted me to do. And from there, um, I think I just finally realized like I wanted to do what I wanted to do. It sounds that simple, but it's like, I don't really care. I'm just gonna try it and see where it takes me. And um, I finally, like after sitting on this mix for like eight months, I mean, just perfecting it, all the things, I finally gave it out to the world. And as soon as I did that, it, it, Literally, that's when things changed, you know. And I started to be around more spaces. I started finding more femme and queer DJs to connect with. And I think being in those spaces has really helped me become. It's really been like everyone else that I've been working with, collaborating with, that's put me in more confident, you know, confidence to express
0: more of that. Right. Okay. And it's so interesting you're saying it's a male-dominated like space, but literally some of my favorite DJs (laughs) in the city are now. women. Yes. Like, now. Yeah. Like, outside of just like, people who are doing boom-bap and stuff. Yeah. I was like, it was like you, it's been, uh, Molly Water, yes. um, Lily, I see her face in my head. Shout
1: out DJ Crop Top Tot. We Yes. We got True Star. We yes. got Deer May Luz. I mean, we are running the scene, but it's it seems like this influx of attention on us finally because some of those, you know, some of those DJs I mentioned have been around for a hot minute, yeah. There's like, my inspiration. is like Todd, you know, Todd is the hottest DJ, yeah. you know oh, yeah. wh- you know, has been for a while. So Yeah, it's like I
0: met her through uh Telefriend. shout out Ivan. Yeah, that's the homie yes. right there. And um <laughs> And I did see that like, um, On your right up You do have this like group Of Latin film DJs, Femme DJs. Yeah. Um, Outside of that What else does it take for y'all Y'all are really running the game But like, people probably still will Put Nashville's DJ scene on a male's shoulders How do you Get that Underground notoriety To be a little more mainstream Or yeah. do you even want the mainstream appeal
1: that is a really good question, and thank you for bringing up Damelo. Um, yes, I have. I'm in I'm a say it's no, it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it means uh, give yeah. it to me in Spanish. Damelo. Okay. Um, it's we are a group of Black and Brown and Indigenous uh, queer, non-binary and femme presenting DJs, and it's been really interesting. I think navigating all the nuances within just being Black or Brown or queer or femme, you know, all of those things. I think Free in that March. Yeah, and so I think, like I'm trying to be careful with my words, because <laughs> we do, you know, even now it's like you say we run in the we're running the game. We really have been putting in work, but I think we are still constantly met behind the scenes with you know difficulties of all kinds, whether that be from you know venues or you know our male counterparts, you know, and I think we're really. I think we're really challenging folks to you know see how they operate and like who they're catering for and whether that's are we tokenizing are we excluding are we purposely excluding you know is that a subconscious thing or is it you know an overt thing So I think we're really challenging the norms and the standards right now, and that's kind of lit a fire up some people's ass, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But um, you know, I think I I will say on the flip side, there have been a lot of um, men within the scene that have also really looked out for us and made space for us. Even some of my white counterparts, you know, some of the venues didn't really take me seriously until I started doing things with like a white DJ, and that's interesting. I know you're like, wow, but also it's it's real. I,
0: I got the same vibe. Yeah, it's, this is real.
1: You know, in Nashville, you know, we, we as a city, uh, I think we get this rap, um, especially with our, our Broadway circuit. You know, it's a lot of white male DJs and, you know, they play the same thing. So there's even times where, you know, my, <clears throat> even though, it, you know, it's very clear what I play, you know, I am an open format DJ, but I tend to, you know, lean towards club music, house music, like house has my heart. And so even that, like people wanting us to play certain things, even though like this is my creative realm and having to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Right. Yeah, that's that's constantly navigating, constantly reevaluating those things, even like evaluating my business partnerships and like does this align with the morals? Because, you know, I preach inclusivity, so it's like is this place too exclusive? Is this place you know, racist? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, call it what it is.
0: Like, literally, like, yeah. You walk like a duck, you cough like a duck. Must be <laughs> a duck. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, so, like, no, that's, and that's really cool. It's especially having like a space like that for DJs that um, you, you describe and just being able to like have something that will advocate for you 100% of the time, not when it's beneficial it be and it looks good um, yes. so like in music and in beer it's pretty much the same thing but it's just a different product yeah. versus like you can put out We Are The World and people love it We cured for, racism. yeah <laughs> for three months and then but what they don't talk about it is like hmm, we're just gonna go back to, to the same exactly bullshit we but we're not gonna say anything the Think same now. thing with like the Black is Beautiful campaign for beer Yes. And it was yeah. like it was a beautiful thing now it's like okay what's what do we that and it's you awful. know how There's black folks are, it's and. like, okay, and? You said that, and? Yes, because it's about like, meaningful
1: change. It's it's not about the performative, and that's, that's, I think, what we're constantly navigating is the performative versus, like, driving meaningful change and really, like, being about what you say you're about.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, and just, like, with this group, um, have you found kind of just some things you notice, you're like, okay, this is not an event we need to be doing, and what does that look like? <laughs> You don't have to drop yeah. names. <laughs> no, yeah, you know,
1: I know, I'm like, ooh, um, tea time. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, even within our group dynamics, I mean, we've we've experienced growing pains, um, and that's just constantly evaluating. You know, what do we align with? What message are we trying to convey? And you know, we we do try to, I think, keep things as professional as possible, and you know, really have conversations behind the scenes when it comes to like difficult things like that but ultimately like there's times where we've had to take public stances or public statements about things I do try to be very open you know about what I'm about and holding people accountable because I hold myself accountable too so I think the group dynamic has just proven that for one I'm not crazy for like having these morals and such a I think a lot of these scenes especially nightlife club scenes you know entertainment music industry those can all be they can have some dark energies that you, you know, have to navigate, too. So I think it's it's shown me being in the group dynamic that, um, that it's made us stronger to be together. And I think people take our, our moral stance more seriously as a, as a collective. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah.
0: That yeah. Definitely makes sense. Um, I do definitely appreciate that because. Um, What's this one? Oh, yeah. This is a cult. I'll be remiss if I don't talk about beer on a beer podcast. I know, people. I need to tighten up. Uh, don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day already. It's been a long week. Yes. So this is uh, it's called Seag. here at we're at Living Waters um, out here out east. Um, it's also a coffee shop, so you non-beer drinkers can have coffee, or if you're a beer drinker, they do allow you to have stouts eight in the morning. I'm just saying, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what you can do. Um, so <laughs> hopefully you catch it. <laughs> and just, tossing something out there for y'all but this is a Sieg, it's a kolsch so it's going to be pretty clean easy to drink it's going to have a like a slight like tortilla kind of taste to it it's going to be a little bready um, it's a really great beer if you're not a huge beer drinker it's uh so this podcast is going to be perfect yeah so but for the noobs out there like I don't know what to do try a kolsch it's easy to drink it's basically one of the lighter beers you see on those mass produced commercials but they actually put effort in this beer and so it's actually kind of good not watered (laughs) watered watered down at all cheers but yeah as oh yeah yeah, it's perfect for a lazy Sunday morning So like you doing some work and things like that Mm -hmm. and like kind of just speaking them, just like easy and doing some work like I've always curious because I grew up around music as well um, but I didn't stay music played auto saxophone so we're we're connected there in yes. middle school. I love that. Yes. Um, I have a cut. Co- right, I try to tell people that the only close one is trumpet. Uh, I love a good trumpet player. Now. Yes. Same. <laughs> right. i was like, I love a really good trumpet player. Same. Like, all right. <laughs> but um, growing up around music, um, I had an uncle that's been, uh, who just passed earlier this year, been playing in Hilton Head for 30, 40 years at the jazz corner and things like that. His son Kebby, who uh, plays saxophone after him. Um, He played with used He's played with Tadashi Trucks Band, Janelle Monet, all this thing. So I grew up around music. And one thing, I always hear music, I can always hear a story. Even though I'm not sure what the story is, I can hear it in the beats, I can hear it in the interpolations, I can hear it in the samples, I can hear it in your words and things like that. And I kind of want to ask you about your, like, your DJs. Are you looking more to tell a story or are you more looking just like, I'm just trying to get these hits out here and make people shake their ass right. and shake the <laughs> shoulders? like? Yeah. Or is it like a balance?
1: Absolutely. One, such a meaningful question. That's so good. Um, honestly, I'm always trying to tell a story, even in the spaces where it's like, I have like guidelines if it's like a gig where I'm playing for somebody else, but you know if it's just like a gig where I get to kind of be myself, I'm always trying to tell a story. Um, music is—it's healing. It's—it's it's how I've always been able to communicate. I think growing up as an only child in the music industry, like I'm always listening to music, but also there's a lot of times where I'd be by myself as yeah, the only child, like just imagining or imaginative and just always in my head, and so. Um, I think that that's the best way that I can communicate, because my words fail me a lot. You know, I'm, I'm awkward when it comes to words, and so <laughs> that's, been a, that's been a space, I think, that I can kind of convey a message to the world. I also think, you know, it, I take my role very seriously as a DJ. You know, I think that this, you know, if I'm in a space, people are trusting me to bring healing and fun and enjoyment, and so I really do take that seriously as an entertainer. Um, and then I, even with my blends, like I know sometimes, sometimes we just want to shake ass, sometimes we want to twerk and that's fine, you know? <laughs> and like, there's a healthy balance. Like if it's a club party, oh, I'm trying to like, especially when I play like Jersey, Baltimore, like oh yes, Vogue. like I'm trying to make them go crazy for sure, but um, honestly, there's, an in, there's intention behind everything I do, especially when it comes to selecting music and tracks, um, intention that's I move with intention that's the best way to put that That. yeah That's
0: the tagline DJ Afro DJ Afro move with intention intention. I like that I like that there we go um and just kind of just talk about representation um with that I was like why is it seemingly difficult for women to get into DJing from start or being more of a late bloomer such as yourself like What's some of the biggest causes you think there is? Like, I know you had yours, talking outside of that, but it's just like, for beer, black people don't drink because it's not marketed to us.
2: And
0: when you walk in a brewery, you're the only people of color in here. Like, we walk in here, that's what we are. It's like one other lady over that way. But other than that, it's, it's, and that's fairly rare to get anyone beyond myself and whoever I'm interviewing at that brewery sometimes. Um, it's just like I know that's just lack of marketing, lack lack of education, and so and
1: it's 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 honestly lack of exposure. Um, you know, I think I was grateful enough to grow up around so many different genres of music. But even with a lot of the genres I liked, it would be like, oh, that's white people music, and I'm like, what does that even mean? Because if we want to be real, like all music comes from black people. But that's all that's what,
0: that's
1: rock and roll, yeah. yes, black, literally black, black women when they. Yes, literally fermentation. That's a whole. Anyway, yeah, we can a whole. (laughs) Yes, but um, (laughs) um, but no, it's um. What was the question again? I know I started thinking about fermentation and ancient brewing techniques. uh, (laughs) uh, Yes, representation. So I think you know, again, beyond my internalized self-doubt, like when you don't see yourself in those spaces. You're not confident that you can really thrive in those spaces, but I—I I was a rave girl. I'd be at country shows. Like I love all music, and so it's—I think what I like to do is really, despite that, like fight that I am only going to play one type of genre, fight that you know people are only going to like this type of music. Like actually, I, you booked me to read the room, so let me do me, you know. And then you know, there's times where even now, you know, it's. It kind of even goes back to tokenizing and representation. It's like, oh, this is such a tough one because there's so many nuances there. But it's, it's, (laughs) we got time. We have time. You're right. We have time. You know, it, it is really hard to navigate, but also it's necessary for me to be in spaces and to keep, like, breaking these ceilings, breaking these walls, breaking down these walls, because there's so many other black femmes, brown films, queer people of all types that, you know, even now, it's, it's a trip sometimes, because people come up to me and they're like, you inspire me, and I'm like, I am, and like, how do you know me? I, I still see myself as like little old me from Antioch, and it's like, y'all like oh my gosh you inspire me and it's like there's been a few DJs come out recently where they're like I started DJing because of you and so that is I think what has been showing me like representation is so vital right now even if I'm the only one in the space right now making the way yes and I'm trying to clear the table to make sure everybody has room to eat you know so it's hard to navigate but it's ultimately necessary because there's so many of us that love so much more beyond this box that I think we're often put in yeah Oh yeah,
0: for sure and it's like the same thing for me I want somebody to be better than the beard brother in the national space that looks, sounds, moves like I do maybe even better um, and just being able to have that and just like seeing other people like that is so cool um, kind of like going into like your DJing. and i understand reading the room um just like that question but um maybe i'll take another sip of beer and i'll get get.
1: i know i'm like maybe i'll be less nervous
0: (laughs) it's all good no no need to be nervous this is a very informal podcast for all the people who have watched and listened y'all already know Uh, (laughs) um we talk about anything and everything um and you were on a podcast back this summer and i Oh, it was really interesting And you talk about like Radicalization But You you guys added a very Like human Tone to it I really appreciate it And you're just like me. Like what made you radicalize I was like me it's And existing. understanding Existing And waking up every morning <laughs> Like it that's is. what radicalizes me when, And so it's just like How can we get Continue to push that ma- message of like radicalization is not as scary as you making it sound. Um, how do we keep pushing that? Like, I don't want to say agenda, like message. It was just like, all right, we exist, so we gotta. Cause I know I had that issue growing up with identity crisis. Out, kind of like you, I went, I went to private school like, You get it from yay yeah. high till when I graduated 12? in 2015. Oh. I went to a private school, Gosh. but. Shout out to my mother. She was really good about picking and choosing what private schools we went to. And slight tangent, but like, a lot of those gaps for people. It's like just why like, well, My kid goes to Innsworth. Just to say they go to Endsworth, But like, your kid is literally trying. Going, through, every hell. Aspect, Going through hell. Every aspect. Every. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, yes. physically sometimes. Or anything I you. Metaphysically. Because I, like, yes,
1: I, I dealt with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I was like, that was something I dealt with. But like. Having that like support group with my mom. My mom was really good about like, okay. He needs to go to this school. And. Teach him who he is And and, um, To love Love himself Even though it's like It's going to be a struggle She knew that But she was really on it And it was like How important is it To have Someone like It doesn't have to be your friends. It could be friends. It could be a significant other. How important is that, especially going into space spaces we kind of go. You're more freeform. You're not just a hip hop or R&B DJ. You are electronic. You're a house. And a lot of those <laughs> times, you don't see our faces in there. So like, how important is it for being in the fields where it's not it's predominantly white, but being able to come back to a group that's like, all right, you got this. Like, remember who you are. Stay within. Like, how important is that as a DJ?
1: it's so funny like as my dj i think journey has evolved like so is my spiritual and emotional journey and i think <laughs> you made some really interesting points that keep bringing me back to self and knowing ourselves and being comfortable with ourselves and loving ourselves. and i know that sounds like maybe too deep but it is it's about you talk about that's why i think i was a late bloomer because i you know trying to fit into all these categories instead of being myself and I I did private school and public school so I've seen it all and did art school so I think there's a lot of times where it was important that my dad was telling me like to remember like to be confident in my blackness you know and having to dispel everything coming out from the world to still know myself um it's extremely vital I think (laughs) even like you saying electronic I am an electronic DJ and Like I love electronic music, you know, I do think that it comes from blackness and house and I think even that, it's staying true to myself and staying true to my roots. Like I think that's brought a lot of healing into my own life and it's, I think we're all healing like this generational trauma of not being our fullest selves too. So for me, that's DJing, that's through music, you know, for you that's through beer and all your other endeavors, you know, and so... I feel like I'm going on like a whole tangent, but also it's like, but you you know, (laughs) but you know, you're talking about, you know, growing up with that, you know, with having like those um, support systems, we do have to have support systems too. So like Domolo is my support system. Having advice from my mom and my stepdad, both been in the industry, you know, helping me navigate you know how to even operate. Yeah, right. I mean seriously, um, it is so important for us to have community, and I think a lot of us are experiencing that healing through community right now. Um, but staying grounded and and staying black. That's right. it.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, I answered your question though. Uh, yeah, you definitely did. And yeah. it like it's, it is super important, and I do want to bring in your parents a little bit. Um, we were on the podcast uh earlier uh this year you did talk about how your mom was your manager um and how your dad gave you this education on all types of music Um, do they have any influence on how you dj and how you spin did they and do they still now they're like all right i would have played
1: right freeway here instead
0: of biggie there like you know what i'm right. saying like no, yeah. do they have any kind of influence over there? Or you're just like ah, oh, fucking.
1: that's so funny so <laughs> that's so funny so my parents so we're all capricorns all three of us <laughs> if that tells you anything i know uh-oh <laughs> which is <laughs> I, know, like, I don't know much about uh,
0: astrology horoscopes but i know can be a lot but also
1: it's a lot of structure it's a lot of um intention again and just like a business that's that's what all that rules but um you know, my dad had, honestly, both of them had huge influences on my music taste, And, I mean, you can hear that in everything, especially my old school and funk sets. You know, my, my dad was born in, in the late 60s in the Bronx. So he really saw that transition from disco into hip-hop and rap. And, you know, he was always really educating me. Like, you're going to know, you know, the legends, you know, it's he, the only thing he did one time, he doesn't, they don't criticize me too much now. You know, it's more about like, well, we need, we're planning for, you know, how do we grow this as a business? You know, what equipment are you needing? That's more where they're, where their criticisms lie, it's not really in my transition, you know, they'll tell me like, ah, oh, you could have done that better, but it's, they're not as uh, harsh on me. I think I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. The only time my dad, uh, he suggested that I play uh, Funkin' for Jamaica by Tom Brown all the way through. That's been his only, uh, his only criticism. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think between that and then my mom, you know, of course being in the industry, um, I think her influence is really on my integrity and how I move and just how not only I present myself, but you know, what I do behind the scenes, you know, and behind closed doors. I saw her, again, being an only child, you know, my my parents were not together my whole life, so they've been amazing co-parents. I'm very grateful. Very effective co-parents. Yeah, I know not everybody has that luxury, but they really, it, I mean, it's about me. <laughs> I'm dead. That's funny. It's about me. But no, um. You know, my mom, you know, she a dancer. She loved house music. She, you know, I think that's where some of the electronic comes in, too. Um, but moving with integrity in the scene, watching how she's moved. I've seen her, you know, at different record labels. I mean, she went from being a vice president somewhere and actually left oh gosh I'll never forget and it's funny to see like cycles and like our our generations and like how our family you know how we really operate on the grand scheme of things but I remember in 2008 she was working on West End's BP at you know this this gospel label and she quit she's not only experiencing like a lot of harassment but you know just seeing the industry for what it was she quit and she started her own business in 2008 during the recession during the recession
2: yeah
1: and it's so funny to see now me like trying to like really be a full-time creative when this is like the worst economic crisis we've seen funny to see like those cycles in my family (laughs) but also it's like she did it because one she didn't morally align with this company anymore she knew that she saw a need um and has been catering towards independent artists since and i think you know that's why she's now a staple you know my mom is like that girl for real you know but (laughs) it's like she's a staple yes and it's like because she stayed true to herself and I think you know moving with integrity is so important and so vital and sometimes it can seem costly like I even the summer you know though it's been fast like I've experienced a lot and I feel like (laughs) I feel like I've had to pay my dues with a lot of the experiences you know so it's like you know, I've, I've had a lot of times where moving with integrity has cost me a residency, or it's cost me some money, or this or that, you know, and though it's hard at the time, I keep this mantra, rejection is redirection, and that's what kind of keeps me grounded too. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, We're we'll getting to our second beer, yep. One, it's one. called Perfect the Road time. Talk. It's a Mer- Meritzen uh, beer. Basically, it's just a fancy word for Oktoberfest. Gotcha. So okay. that's all it is. It's an old school name because way back when they would they didn't have refrigeration, so they'll brew a beer in like March, but they'll put it in caves in until the ground, like, yeah, in caves until September October, and they start drinking on it there. So pretty much it's just harvest season. I love it's it. It's a German word for October, that's pretty much.
1: This. I love that. Very cool.
0: But listen to you like our parents were would have been good friends because they're a lot of like like my dad from new york too really what part Hempstead, stayed long island okay, Grew, uh born in, in 48 nice. so he so late 60s, so my yeah. dad was getting ready he to head he down. It. I think he might have just went to Fayetteville State around wow. the late 60s. Wow. Then he went to play overseas, basketball good. overseas, then went to Morehouse. Met my mom. And
1: that's okay. Now yeah, see, the I met Morehouse my mom.
0: Connection. Yeah. It's beautiful. So beautiful. My, my mom at Spellman. So they're a classic Spellhouse oh, couple. Yeah. And my mom's from the South, too. Oh, yeah. Town, as big as this table right here, called Oklahoma, Mississippi. She's probably gonna get mad at me. Love you, mom. Um, and I'll call soon. <laughs> right.
1: No, I gotta call my grandparents now that you said that. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> and so it's just like being able to just like move with honor, move with integrity. Like, um, that was one of my biggest things. Like, my dad was just like, just tell me the truth. Like, I'm gonna get mad, but like, just. Be honest. And move with honesty. My mom kinda like uh what's your mom been like? She ended up getting a job at Turner to raise us. But wow. yeah. she ended up finding her calling and helping black families and educators get into private schools because wow. of us. And so due to that, like that's, that's right. why my mom it was, like, very intentional about us going to our private yeah. school that we went to. Yeah. Only my oldest sister went to um, pri- uh, public school. And then she went private eighth grade. Okay. And so she has, she can kind of speak to, like, the flip-flop that you did. But, yeah. like, me and my middle sister, we went to private school. But it was, like, very, like, planned out. My mom was very intentional and things like that. She's like, I'm just not going to do something just to do it. Yes. And um, so I just, like, wanted to make that. That was, a, that was really interesting because you were saying it, it was like,
1: that sounds like Terry Williams and Dwight Deans. No, that's so funny. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. No, okay.
0: That's, <laughs> that's cool. That'd be, be really cool. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, and I always, like I said, I have a very big appreciation for music and DJing. Um, and so like I love like listening to his, and you and Black Circle and all that. that. Yes. Yes, yeah, there's like, DJ Crop Top, of like y'all have some of the best transitions uh, look, that's a big in in the city. And a lot of like, I'm this. I love a good DJ set. Like, I love being around music. I'm not in it like fully, but like, I appreciate it and I understand where talent is coming from. Um,
1: <laughs> it's a trip to be compared to like my inspirations.
0: That's right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, y'all are definitely in the same so, like. If- I was like in the same space. I was like, I don't think eating y'all will be like oversharing each other at all. Like, I think it'll be on the same level. Like, oh yeah, for sure. With,
1: with, you know, I guess I'll speak to egos. Like, and there's, you know, I think about nat- navigating. Other people's egos. You know, I think a lot of times as a film DJ, back to circling way back to your question about dealing with like a male dominant industry, I think when I was new, there was a lot of times where I would be interacting with folks and they people want you to like reach a certain ceiling but they don't want you to surpass that. And that was really hard to navigate starting out. But, you know, I think now I've been connecting with people that want me to you know eat you know the same meals they are you know like especially people like Nikos and you know other DJs they even like are putting me in spaces like I would have never gotten to DJ at Virgin Hotels before this year like what you know I'm on rooftops you know I'm like it's it's not lost on me that it takes a village to get us all where we need to go you know and so I'm very grateful for the connections I've made this year with these DJs and like popping DJs and old heads and legends that are allowing me the exposure and they're you know teaching me things you know it's I've been learning on my feet lately or the whole time honestly learning on my feet because it's you know, sounds now, and I'm having to learn about sounds, and having to learn about this, and it's, it's, I'm learning as I go, and so I'm very grateful for people that are, like, getting me to that level, as opposed to trying to, like, again, keep me in a box. Right.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I definitely appreciate it. and I appreciate them being of service to you, because I don't think, like, outside of that, it's like, I don't think you get the average you see today without, them helping you out At not all. saying you couldn't do it on your own but like not in
1: this trajectory like, oh yeah and not, for sure. this in uh, this exponential period growth, of growth. Yeah. I was like, yeah there's no way this is because of nashville and that's yeah. like i like i'm getting emotional because it's just like i never expected to have this much support and love for my community but it's like everybody that's, is it's helping sad. me get there
0: oh yeah for sure it's that self-doubt a little bit too like i have
2: syndrome
0: that's exactly because I like I had that too I was like I don't I've always struggled finding my voice like I think that was part of like the identity crisis I've always had like I don't know I want to help black people but I don't know how to wow. help black people the way I can really make an imprint versus just like
1: I got that saying
0: like one. Yes. super cool phrases that are going to inspire somebody I was like we got everybody to do that I was like that's not something I want to do yes. and so like finding beer was like that was it, I was like, oh yeah, I can create the change that we're trying to create for the great community in the beer it's industry. With what you want to do, it's, yeah, it's and so,
1: beautiful that a lot, I think a lot of us, a lot of us in our, our generation, like are really finding one, things that have probably alri- always interest, interested us, goodness, excuse me, always interested us, but also like, we're able to serve a higher purpose by doing what we want to do and what we are supposed to do. So it's like, sure, I've tried, I'm involved with a lot of community work and like, no, I'm not always like the best with organizing this or doing that, but now I'm finding the way that I can serve my community, you know?
0: I love that. That's what it was for me, just being like, okay, he can listen listen to me here and hear me. It's like, people know I'm saying words, but they're not really necessarily hearing what I'm saying. Here, I can hear it. I can't convey,
1: I can't convey they hear it in my music. They hear it in my music by the way, you know, the songs I select or the artists that I'm using or, you know, so I, t- I feel you for sure on that. Oh, that's, yeah. amazing. that's
0: like actually like a perfect transition to my next question is just like, how do you use, use DJing to like amplify your voice and things you're trying to uh, convey? It's like, cause I know you spoke a lot about being femme and queer and are the LGBTQ uh, community. Um, and just a lot of your work and a lot of, like, your Instagram captions, your interviews I've read is just, like, you're really big on that. Like, how do you put that into your music, into your sets?
1: So, again, I feel like, hmm, again, back to intention. Like, sometimes it's healing. Sometimes it's protest with what I'm playing. So, sometimes I'm at a venue and I'm playing – vogue music because I want them to hear this black queer music that influence everything they're listening to or sometimes you know it's it <laughs> you know it's so funny even like in white spaces like I'm black as hell you know and so like um, they'll have me do a house set and then all of its like R&B house edits that are like all black women so it's like I'll, I'll literally be that intentional behind some of my sets um, but I lost my train of thought. What was your question again? Um, Oh, I was on the I was on the right track. Okay, yeah. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) I was. I know it's like I'll get into that flow state and then I'll just lose it. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, I I think every I I can't help it. Like it's I'm I'm naturally one house music, electronic music, pop music. All of that was created by us especially black queer folks like and that's that's something i i feel like i'm always honoring my roots my ancestors like that's it's what made me it's literally what made you know me who i am so i'm always trying to honor that in my sets always trying to sneak in house music even in the most mainstream places you know um so i think it's it's important for me personally to always like (laughs) music again it's it's like magic so it's like I, i feel like it's a way of healing it's a way of um paying homage
0: to my to my lineage my ancestors does that make sense <laughs> oh yeah sure oh, you're good you can disregard my face i call it uh, rcf resting resting confused face um it just always looks like i'm lost or about to ask you a question no it's just my face a lot of okay. times all the time. oh That's yeah fine. sometimes it's just the gears are rolling because sometimes i want to pull out some interesting things like uh you said or anything like that
1: that's funny yeah so
0: (laughs) it's like you got a question no i'm I'm just listening but there are times i am confused but you will know (laughs) that's so funny because my my eyes give it away every time if i'm looking at you and i still look confused i'm just listening my my eyes are moving like
1: no i have um I wear, what do they say, hard on my sleeve? My face says everything all yeah. the time.
0: Yeah. I just, I, accept, I can't hide nothing. I, I try not to. I can't. But it was like, son, I don't realize I make a face. Somebody was like, you were really upset with that. I was like, when? I didn't know. Like, when they said this. I was like, oh, I didn't think anything of it. They're like, no. Yeah. You did. <laughs> because sucks, you literally scow- <laughs> scowled. I was like, oh. I did not sing, feel a single muscle move in my face. But you was like you scrunched up your face the whole time. I was like, ooh. Real quick,
1: and then I won't realize it's too late. It's like, oh well,
0: uh, we're here now, so. Look,
1: if one thing I am is honest, that's all I can say.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, Almost yeah, definitely, um, and just kind of just before we wrap up, I always talk about um, just how there's. So many spaces in the black community in Nashville, but they don't get a lot of chatter about it. Like, you get, I always call, like, the top, the power three or five. Like, groups, not a lot of people. Just, like, type of people. Like, you always get the people in money. You always get the people in health of some sort. Or just some sort of, like, network plug. But, like, we don't give the same energy to our creatives to our artists, to people that are in beer, to people that DJ, to people that have art galleries people visual have artists, yes. visual artists or even just like PS, like I think of PSV, just like having a space for other people to get put on and it's like how do we push these group of people like, not, I don't want to say ahead, but get into the spotlight and yes. we all share you've always mentioned you've mentioned several times being able to eat and have enough place for everybody and yes. how do we go from an exclusive restaurant to a buffet style where everybody can go and yes. how do we go from yes. urban grub to going to corral no, like wrong. but in a good yes. way still keep yes. up the good quality yes. and everything like that but everybody can yes. partake like what does that look like for you
1: you know what? That is such a good observation and question because I think we're slowly starting to see that. I was I was even talking to your wife earlier, just like we're all we've all been here, we've all been doing this, but there's these small little sets, sects, and pockets, you know. And I think with Nashville continuing to have this like explosive growth, it's important now more than ever for us to be tighter and to elevate each other it it really is on us to elevate each other and to move with intention with that you know so back to exposure like passing along opportunities speaking names in rooms that you know they would not be spoken in you know it's it's really that important and I think you know we all have a responsibility so it's not lost to me I guess now I'm considered an influencer which I'm like but I have influence you know and I have a platform and so even that like I'm making sure you know if there's if there's a way that I can get somebody especially within a marginalized community exposure that they wouldn't have gotten before it's my responsibility it just is so I think we are all moving into a space of not only accountability and responsibility but we're also realizing like we are all we got especially in this evolving city you know we are all we got and that's why you know I even with you know putting on my first show at Clarence's Gallery at the CE Gallery shout out CE Gallery um, even that, like I was intentional about having this at a black venue you know, having black dancers from here, having black DJs from here, having a black chef from here, you know having black makeup art all the things, everybody black or queer you know, and so it's It's literally down to like, if you have power if you have influence, you have a responsibility, like with power what they say, with great power comes great responsibility, you have a responsibility to this community to continue to cultivate the scene and to grow and and this scene is beyond DJing or music this scene is visual arts this scene is beer this is everything creative everything that contributes to like our greater good
0: yeah I definitely uh appreciate that and as we get ready to wrap up we're gonna have our last beer this is a stout it's called the Millie Stout. It's a uh, imperial coffee stout, so it's gonna have a little bit of coffee to it, and just uh, oh, that's so good. Oh yeah, and it's like perfect now that it's starting to cool down, and we let it kind of warm up a little bit. That's what you want to do with stouts. Okay. You let them warm up a little bit. Okay. You'll get all the flavors. You get the nice. chocolate. You'll get the coffee, and whatever other adjuncts that have in there, whether it's cinnamon, mm-hmm. vanilla, or anything, they will start to it'll start to pop up a little that's bit more.
2: Like a Oh yeah Yeah
0: This is my favorite style of course the,
1: the other two were good But this is my favorite Oh yeah This is Just a wow.
0: little, little uh, Extra black excellence Which is My um, Kind of one One of my Wrap up questions Just like For me Black excellence Has Always been Evolutionary In my life It's like First When I was First aware of it As a kid yeah. Which you get exposed to a little bit faster than I think you should be, but that's a whole nother conversation. You're exposed to it in a way you shouldn't be exposed to as a child, Mm -hmm. but you know, America, Um, (laughs) very much so. And I always just revered it as like you gotta be famous. And like you gotta be like Denzel Washington, yes, Black- okay, Will Smith, like Black- that elite. That, yes. 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 And then like yes. as you're just going through life and experiencing such great people that are really doing underrated or like dope shit. Yeah. It's just like it's changed for me. It's just like okay, like for me it's always been authenticity and. And within your purpose. Like those are two separate meanings, but like you gotta be authentic within your in your purpose. Yes. And as I'm not
1: gonna move in your purpose if you are not authentically you Exactly. So, yeah, and so like but be. I
0: never made that connection prior to the last like five, ten years yeah. maybe. And it's just so oh, full. Well, one of my final questions is what is black excellence to you and does Nashville wow. show your definition of it? <laughs>
1: That's a
0: good
1: question. Oh gosh. No, that's a. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um. (laughs) So first of all, beautiful way of express. Black excellence is constantly evolving because I think we all thought, you know, it's got to be the Denzels and the Will Smiths. Those are great, yeah. But black excellence is being us, like just like you said, waking up. Like we are who we are. We are black as hell. Whether that's throwing ass. Whether that's, you know, I mean, seriously, that's down to what we think is not black excellence. The hood rats, I mean, you know, we, we even, I mean, they are excellent In because they're, what's so funny about that is like, they're the blueprint. What's, black culture is the blueprint. Black excellence is everything black. It's all encompassing. I feel like I'm always preaching that. Like, the black experience is not, we can't even describe that under one, um, I think, specific specific term i love this song um <laughs> but um i think it's an umbrella it's an umbrella of so many things that make us excellent it's our resilience it's our creativity it's the way we are light in the midst of so much darkness it's the way like now i'm gonna get emotional i'm cracking up um but black excellence, I mean, it really is just us existing, like, as anomalies. We are miracles, you know? I think just th- being alive as a black person, that's excellent. The fact that you were beating the odds, the fact that you are existing in a world that truly does want to shut you out and erase you in whatever you are, I-, I-, I really believe that just existing as a black person is to be excellent. Thank you. I
0: absolutely love that. <laughs> and to wrap up the show, I always do I call it the cheers section, where I kind of just give the cheers to my guests to their face, whether if flowers in real
2: time is crazy yes, always, it's
0: very meta. like it throws me off too sometimes um, but I just, just in case no one, everybody decides not to tell you at least the bearded brother has told you this it's just like you have been an inspiration Whether you believe it or not Or you feel it or not You have been like uh, Ashley told me about you we, we I've heard some of your mixes And like Ashley would tell you Like I'm not kind When it comes to like Music opinions DJing opinions Like She understands a little bit better Cause her dad Was a DJ back in the day DJ Square One Still trying to get you for a set um, We'll talk about it <laughs> DJ Afro Sheen. we'll connect (laughs) (laughs) y'all and so we're very like particular about our music and we've never had an issue with your sets and the fact that you're sitting here with me today and it was like super easy (laughs) to like set up something with you not saying like no like all interviews should be super easy but it was you're just like okay like where well, you need me what to be, what need? time? I got okay, cool. Yes, Alright, okay. I'll make I'll make it A work. Time. And, I, yes. and I definitely appreciate that about you. And for you doing this 18 months. If I didn't know that, like I would have been You could have fooled me. Like I my exactly. jaw would have dropped. I was like, really? 18 months? Really? Even now, like I've known that. I'm <laughs> still like
1: yeah.
0: Really? Hey, this is this
1: is 18 months? It's
0: really been like I'll
1: be scared of her in 36 months. Y'all not ready? That's what I'm telling. Alright, I'm shaking in my boots right now. Worldwide, I'm not even wearing (laughs) boots, and I'm still
0: shaking in some boots. Worldwide, (laughs) and I think
1: I'm scared in a good way. Like, and that's why again, moving in your purpose. And thank you because it's so meaningful to. It's so meaningful to hear that. And I like I have so much gratitude because again, like I. I can't do this without everybody and the affirmations keep me going. So thank you so much, but I'm scared of what I'm going to be doing in, in 3, you know, 2-3 years. They're not ready, look out world.
0: Oh yeah, well, I'll be I'll be ready. I'll start saving up for my VIP tickets. Okay. Thank you, <laughs> so that oh yeah. almost oh, definitely and I do sincerely mean that and if the bearded brother can help in any kind of way, let let me know. Uh yeah, and add, pop up. if my wife can help as well, like you know, you. we'll be. We're here for you.
1: Y'all support already. Like it's so meaningful. It's like the 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 group of people that really saw me when I first started out, and like y'all.
0: I think she saw me. you like, first. first? Yes, yeah, no, it was no, a little there. bit. She told me about yes. you, and it's like I don't think like. I mean, never worked out. I think you had an event. I was like, I got to work. Or I was like out of town or something. So, yeah. I I definitely. Oh, yeah. Anything you put out. And I know I don't have anything. Like, I do prioritize trying to get to your sets and any event you are at. Um, But just so people can be as big of a fan as me, how do they do that? Where can they find all (laughs) the new events, all of you?
1: Yes, you can find me on Instagram at afro.sheen, S-H-E-E-N. Um, You can find me on SoundCloud at afrosheen333, the South National Socialite. And you can find me on Twitter at afrosheen333 as well. And all my links are in. I got my link tree and all that set up, too. So you can find (laughs) all my
0: things. (laughs) There you go. And you guys already know who I am. I'm the Bearded Brother. And as always, I always advocate for y'all to grab your friends. Grab good-ass craft beer. And of course, drink up.